0: i definitely don't don't trust the government uh to commit violence ethically that's for sure my my neighbor never killed a family of afghanis you know so i'd probably trust him way more with a machine gun than the u.s government um same with a drone i've i've never drone bombed a wedding in afghanistan um and killed tens of kids and women and children or whatever So, honestly, I feel like I should be trusted more with a Predator drone than the U.S. government, considering I have a better track record of not killing innocent civilians.
1: Welcome to the Tucson Bitcoin Podcast. Today, my guest is Suckboy Tony, and this dude is a legend in the 3D gun printing space because he is working on revolutionizing... Uh, the way that guns uh, fundamentally work and doing it in a way that can be accessible to individuals all over the world that they could potentially build at home uh, themselves. And this is, you know, the 3D gun printing revolution is huge. Uh, started in the U.S. with a guy named Cody Wilson uh, creating a one-shot pistol called the Liberator and has morphed into rebel groups in Myanmar, uh building out FGC nines in factories uh, so that they can defend themselves against a military uh, takeover. And it's amazing, you know, to watch this happen. Uh, And I think it's incredibly exciting what these people are doing. I don't find it controversial uh, to empower individuals all over the world to be able to stand up for their rights and make tyranny more expensive. And I think this has a lot of overlap with Bitcoin in that regard because that's what bitcoin ultimately does it makes it harder for the government to steal your wealth through inflation and through taxation and just blatant confiscation and censorship uh and the guns allow for people all over the world that would potentially be victimized to protect themselves uh and make tyranny more expensive and i think this is what this is about we're we're you know i'm interested in empowering the individual and i think the government is interested in the exact opposite and we talk about that in this conversation we talk about how the 3d gun printing uh, revolution right now is going to potentially have a major impact on individuals all over the world and how it already is and yeah stuck boy tony is on the front lines of doing this but yeah i hope you enjoy this conversation Awesome. Well, thanks for doing this, Tony. Stoked to talk.
0: Yeah, yeah. Glad to be here.
1: So you're you're the first world champion of anything that I've had on the podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's uh, I guess good to know. (laughs) It's uh, yeah, that was quite an interesting title. I guess world champion by default, technically, but I'll take it.
1: Yeah, I mean, what was it? The world champion of like the. Uh, percent printed category.
0: Yep, it was yeah, shooting competition at the Bear Arms and Bitcoin conference last year for um yeah, 100% I was the only person in the 100% category. Um and I guess kind of came second place in the there was like a user um what was it? It was like user's choice or something. our uh but that went to Jeff Rod with the Liberator 12k, which he definitely deserves it. So and there's no need for me to have two championships
1: yeah i mean that's pretty that's pretty dope like the first ever 3d gun printing competition
0: yeah Yep. yeah there was one too i i feel like there was one uh with a different group of people i feel like rob pinkus was organizing it or something but there was another 3d printed uh gun shooting thing a couple months ago uh fortunately I, i couldn't go to that but sounded pretty cool at least i'm glad it's getting out there
1: yeah no it's it's huge it's it's amazing how many people i stumble across that are in the 3d gun printing community you just have all these people that are machinists or
0: um, yeah Yeah. honestly yeah i was sitting in class yesterday uh responding to somebody on Twitter and the kid sitting next to me saw that I was typing on like a 3D printed post. He didn't know it was my post. But he's like, "Oh, you're into 3D printing guns?" I'm like, "Haha, yeah, are you?" And he was showing me pictures of his lowers and stuff, which was pretty cool. I mean, he just, yeah, pretty much just into the AR15 lowers, but I'm still happy that, you know, it was just some random kid sitting next to me in class that's into it. Yeah. So it's definitely it's definitely getting out there.
1: It's catching on.
0: It's- yeah
1: yeah yeah i uh I'm kind of a moron I haven't figured it out yet, but it's on my list of things to do
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's hard to get into but once once you start, you can just start cranking them out. It gets real easy um I think yeah the hardest part is just that initial bump of getting into it, getting the printer set up and finding the files and then after that, it's really easy,
1: yeah so you guys at atlas arms are uh doing some pretty cool things, uh, with the Dagny dagger and your, uh, belt fed, uh, um, I don't know what to call it, but it's, uh,
0: ammo. All right. Well, I call it an ammo hose. The official name is the Haley hose. Cool. So
1: are you, are you guys stumbling into any obstacles from a regulatory standpoint with the project?
0: Yeah. Um, There is, there's some, I mean, obviously this whole thing is kind of skirting regulation and trying to use, um, like ammo and bullets that can pierce armor, but aren't considered, um, armor piercing materials. There's like a list of maybe like 10, um, metals that can't be used in pistol ammo. So it's kind of just trying to skirt that already. Um, the big problem is some states regulate um any ammo intended to penetrate armor so that kind of um you can't really do anything with that you can't change up the materials um and Texas unfortunately is one of those states um so not as gun friendly as some might think uh and so that's kind of an issue um but i think uh there's also there's some stuff to get around that basically just making standard ammo that's not designed to penetrate armor um but does have good penetration in like animals and stuff for like self-defense wilderness um stuff if you come across a bear ammo that's really good at um taking down a bear can you know have multiple uses potentially but it's not classified as armor piercing because it's meant to take down bears.
1: Yeah yeah for sure it's yeah i like to make fun of texas a lot on their gun laws yeah
0: yeah honestly yeah i'm i'm not a huge fan it's i mean now i guess that they have constitutional carry it's a little bit better but yeah definitely i i like arizona
1: yeah arizona is where it's at this is is an ongoing uh feud that i have another show called toxic airwaves and we like to pick fights with people from texas
0: (sighs) nice yeah i I definitely appreciate that yeah
1: it's yeah one of the nice things about arizona though is it's kind of like a well-kept secret yeah
0: honestly i didn't even know anything about it until i moved out here i'm definitely glad i found it yeah
1: me too um but yeah so i mean you're kind of an iconic person in the 3d gun printing community what what drew you to guns in general in the first place
0: um so i mean honestly i would say my interest in guns probably started i mean real young with like video games call of duty battlefield all that um and then my parents are like super hippies so they were anti-gun um and i remember in like middle school and high school there were some break-ins in the neighborhood and my parents were being real pussies about it Um, and so I'm like, well, shit, what am I going to do if somebody breaks in? So I try, I started out, I think I made like a crossbow from scratch, actually, um, just with like some wood, uh, that I had laying around and some surgical tubing, I think, and just random shit that didn't really work too well. Um, and then I got into potato guns and that kind of, like, I spent a lot of high school just trying to make better potato guns, um, stuff that was. At some point I had like, um, a magazine fed potato gun. Um, it hard to explain, but actually some concepts from that are going to be in the semi-auto variant of my next gun. So it's kind of interesting. It's all coming full circle. Um, but yeah, and just got really into potato guns in high school. And then after that, uh, I was in the army for a bit doing like explosive stuff. Um, so I kind of i mean i really like blowing shit up so um that's always been kind of a hobby of mine and then it kind of stay i mean i've owned a couple of guns and then it kind of stagnated um until a couple of years ago when i did an internship and then got into 3d printing when a uh a coworker that was an engineer said that there's no way you can get 3d printed guns to work um and so i started printing off magazines and then tried printing a version of the liberator and that blew up on me so then i wanted to make it better um and then just once i decided i wanted to make it better it just transformed from there um basically to where i'm at now making electric caseless ammo um i'm just basically trying to make the best uh the best liberator pistol and the um I guess, yeah, in the historical sense of the word, it's like a a pistol that can be distributed all throughout the public and uh, cheap to make. I'm hoping I can get more. I mean, I have like 100 rounds through it. Um, Right now, it is still like single shot, a musket, but there's definitely a lot of ways to make it semi-auto and way more useful. So yeah, basically just started from potato guns and now I'm here.
1: So potato guns are like a gateway drug
0: yep yeah definitely
1: yeah i grew up in commie land uh Ooh. where there was no guns in just north of chicago and well there were tons of guns just not legally
0: um uh yeah i grew yeah i grew up in wisconsin so pretty close to you actually um but yeah we had a lot more guns obviously
1: wisconsin's a lot better on guns than um, cook county illinois
2: oh yeah yep that's for sure
1: yeah it's, it's always interesting i like you know i oftentimes wonder if people's uh enjoyment of firearms is something that's inherent to them it seems like there's kind of like a predisposition towards different political philosophies uh and i would imagine that's similar case for guns too because like i was a similar kid where i just wanted my hands on like airsoft guns paintball guns anything like that
0: yep yeah exactly i feel like yeah there's some probably like political like if you're super on the left you won't want to even get started in guns um but i feel like once like a lot of people that i've taken out shooting particularly like really liberal people um i know one kid actually who i did that same internship with started out he was like oh nobody's trying to take your guns all that like oh we just need common sense gun control um but and i took him out shooting and now he's got a ton of guns and he's actually trying to get into like the 3d printed gun community and start like designing stuff um so i'm really happy to see more people kind of on the left getting interested and i feel like really the only barrier is getting them shooting so they can see how fun it is. Um, And then from there, it's not really a political issue once they understand that it's fun and not like, I don't know, just all super white right-wing guys like guns for, to take, well, I guess that is kind of the point of the second amendment, but anyway, that's, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like people basically just need to go shooting and figure out how fun it is on their own
1: yeah I've got a list of uh communist deprogramming techniques, and the first one is uh taking somebody shooting
0: oh really yeah that's that's definitely a good idea uh, that's the only thing I've found that actually helps change people's minds
1: yeah yeah it's it, it's interesting like how easy it is to build up you know this stigma towards something that you know you've never experienced before, and then once the experience that it completely changes your perspective on it
2: yep exactly
1: but yeah it's um yeah common sense gun laws or um that that term is very loaded it's uh
0: yeah hard to argue against too um without sounding like crate like i don't know super extremist but i yeah it's uh It's definitely something that annoys me because it's like, well, it might sound like common sense till you actually look into it, and then it's the stupidest fucking thing in the world.
1: Yeah, I had Ragnar on my podcast, and I asked him some question pertaining to that, and he said, yeah, I believe in keeping guns out of the hands of the wrong people, and most of those people are in government, and I think that's like... (laughs)
0: Honestly, yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah the biggest like gun runners that we have to worry about is our own government giving millions of dollars of machine guns and rockets to you know the Taliban and cartels and stuff I, I yeah way more worried about that than a couple like FGC9s that they have I think uh the stinger missiles pose a little bit more more of a threat
1: Isn't that bullshit
0: Yeah I yeah especially in this political climate of Oh no, you guys aren't uh capable enough to have weapons of war, but oh yeah, the the Taliban, it's Don't worry. Yeah. Like no, fuck off.
1: I'm incredibly jealous of the Taliban.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly, I heard a story of somebody trading a couple cans of dip for a technical. Um, it was like a yeah Toyota pickup truck with a dishka 50 cal machine gun on the back, and I think it was a soldier traded for it so they can use it to defend the airbase. And I really just want to know. I mean. Rightfully, he bought it. I feel like he should be able to bring it back with him, but I'm assuming not.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the more interesting points in history uh, or or points of history that I find incredibly interesting is the fall of the Soviet Union and how all these different, uh, you know, firearms, tanks, airplanes, submarines went onto the market
0: oh yeah honestly yeah that's that's actually super cool because i think even now there's places where you can buy like a bm a russian bmp from soviet era era when it collapsed for like 30 grand um and you have to i think you have to buy it in europe and then transfer transport it over here so that's probably like another 30 grand i don't know how much it costs to ship a boat or ship a tank over here but that's always something. As soon as I get money, there's just going to be a, a parking lot full of Russian tanks in my yard. Yeah.
1: Well, this has been a meme I've been trying to make um, come to fruition with Bitcoin is that we need to start stop pricing uh, Bitcoin in uh, dollars because it's a horrible measurement. And we need to start pricing it in F-15s.
0: <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Yeah, that's a. I I think... Uh, I feel like you can own an F-15 too. Maybe not an F-15. There's there's a couple jets you can actually own. I remember when when Biden was saying like, "Oh, you guys don't have F-16s or nukes." Some people brought it like, "We're showing proof." Like, "Oh yeah, no, you legitimately can buy an F-16." Um, so fuck off, which I thought was pretty great.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking there will be a day though that we'll be able to own all of that stuff. And then Hopefully, in the future
0: what the second amendment was intended for they could have privateers and or yeah those battleships back then should be able to have one now yeah
1: so why why do you think gun ownership is so important
0: um well i think honestly it's just equality of arms like if if nobody in the world had guns that would be okay but it's a problem when one group has guns and another group doesn't like the inequality of arms is always going to be a problem when there's, or I should say the disparity, disparity of force. Like, you know, if one country is way more powerful than another one and the other one has resources, they're going to use that and take them over. I think the only way we can really have peace is for everybody to be like on equal footing with arms. And that goes with civilians and governments and governments and governments, kind of like how uh the world has been way more peaceful since everybody has nukes. Nobody wants to go to war with each other. Um, I mean it's not one for one because you know nukes have yeah. Never mind. But yeah, not one for one, but it's kind of the same thing where if you know one group has something that the other group doesn't, they're probably gonna use it. So it's Pretty fundamental for I think our society and especially like minorities and other groups that the government doesn't really like, they should probably have guns otherwise um the government's gonna use their force against them um and I mean historically, just in the past hundred years, there's been tons of cases of um well I think like tulsa uh like there was um basically the government just tried to murder a bunch of black people in Tulsa. uh, And they even used like the national guard. Um, I'm not sure if any of them had guns and fought back. I should actually read into that incident, but I'm guessing it would go, it would have been a lot better for them had they had full uh, military arms, full access to everything that their aggressors had. Um, I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah. Jews in the Holocaust had guns. There was like a couple, um, war, ah, oh shit, I don't even remember, but there was one ghetto where the Jews actually fought back pretty successfully. Obviously, in the end, the Nazis, uh, took it over, but they, they definitely got some bodies before they, um, before they went down, which, I mean, if every Jew in the Holocaust had a gun, I think it would have gone a little bit better at least. Um, but that's, you know, that's obviously, i don't know you can't really say one way or another because it's history but um yeah i mean obviously and honestly actually a more modern um example of Myanmar, where the uh governor or the military just took control of the government um they had a pretty much a rigged election military took over um and now there's rebels uh can't remember the name of their organization, but there's like a rebel group that's fighting back. Uh seems to be effectively. I haven't read into it much, but one thing of interest is um I did see a Reddit post of somebody um who said that they were manufacturing FGC nines for the rebels uh in Myanmar. So I'm like, that's badass as hell. I never would have thought that um 3D printed guns would go as far as being used in like an active conflict um, rebels versus government type situation I always kind of thought it was more of a self like personal defend your house type situation um, but that's that's amazing to see um, so hopefully hopefully that works out for them but I mean obviously without guns they wouldn't have anything to fight with so um, and I think we can all agree that the military taking over a country isn't the best thing. Um, and it's probably something to fight against so i mean yeah obviously guns are important and i think they'll continue to be for the rest of history
1: yeah uh, that's a great um outline and some awesome examples yeah i saw that fgc9s in myanmar as well and that's that's pretty incredible and i think one of the things that draws me towards the 3d gun printing community is how intertwined it is with this idea of freedom. Um and it's a very similar ethos to Bitcoin of uh, um one it like one of the amazing like speaking of the FGC nine, one of the amazing, you know, legacies that Jay Stark has left is just this idea of trying to help individuals uh be able to attain the ability to protect themselves and arm themselves in places that are incredibly difficult to um have guns and that's something that I find, you know, really noble about the three D gun printing community is a lot of people will build guns in certain calibers that aren't necessarily as common in the United States, uh, to try and make it more likely for somebody, you know, somewhere else with a crazy government to use it.
0: Yeah. I actually yeah, I got into that argument with some idiot on Twitter yesterday who was saying, um basically he was like oh why everything you make you can buy at a gun store like why do you need to print an ar lower receiver i can just go to a gun store um and i kept bringing up caseless ammo to him and he was like he never responded like yeah you can't buy caseless electric electronically ignited caseless ammo at a gun store he never really responded to that but then Beyond that, I'm like, this also isn't about the US, it's about the entire world. 95% of the world's population doesn't have access to a gun store. They have maybe a hardware store. And even that, like, even hardware stores are hard to come by in some countries that i visited, which is strange, but um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's incredible. People's mindsets of like, oh, 3D printed guns are just for the US when in reality, I mean, the U.S. has a guarantee, you know, we have guaranteed right to bear arms, Um, but it's not, I mean, I don't think the U.S. can, is, would really be greatly benefited by 3D printed guns, if that makes sense. Like, if there was a revolution, we already have enough guns. I, I mean, the 3D printed ammo, I think is important um, for stuff like that, but like, um, they're, yeah i mean we already have enough guns i really see 3d printed guns as a world issue um and something for the rest of the world to bring guns to them um just because i mean on my wall i've got like 10 guns behind me i think i'm good to go without 3d printed guns unfortunately you know like somebody in germany like Stark, doesn't have that opportunity opportunity and especially if they do manage to get a gun they don't have any way to shoot it they don't have any way to get ammo for it um and all that so i really and actually i was thinking about this earlier the connection to bitcoin where it's the same thing like in place like venezuela where the currency is going up and down or even meaningless how it kind of gives people a way to still do transactions or buy stuff online um and all of that so it's kind of a similar thing where You know the u.s our currency i mean obviously it's inflating a shit ton but it's not going up and down two thousand percent like some south american countries uh so i think stuff like bitcoin and 3d printing is really uh there's it, it greatly improves people's way of life or like their freedom in other countries um compared to the u.s so yeah i i think it's way more important um we're we're honestly in a good i mean we should still fight fight for as much freedom as we can here in the US but we do have to keep in mind that there's a lot of other places that have absolutely no freedom that we should probably worry about too
1: yeah yeah it's um it and it, what's different i think too about 3d printed guns is that it uh, i mean there's a lot of places around the world where people have had access to guns like, say, Afghanistan, for example, when they were fighting the, the Soviets initially, uh-huh. and um, also when they were fighting uh, the United States. Uh, and I think what's different is that the ability for an individual to make their own firearm allows for more self-governance versus outside meddling, because, like, if you look at the the talent, like, the... the you know different groups that the United States has armed uh like the Taliban or ISIS or you know millions of different groups out there um it's oftentimes not representative of what the local population wants and what it does is it creates a power imbalance um versus like individuals being able to stand on their own feet and say this is our community and this is what we want um so i think that's that's different um, and it kind of I I think we'll see it minimize the impacts of outside meddling of, of larger countries. For sure. Mm -hmm.
0: Honestly. Yeah. I feel like gun ownership is the only true democracy. It's the only way where the great, as long as everybody in a country has the same arms, same access to guns. I mean, if there is something worth fighting about, I mean, the side with the more people that believe in it is going to win. I mean, it sounds bad because it'll lead to a lot of bloodshed, but in a way that is democracy. The side the side of the majority is going to win. Um, but yeah, it also gives, you know, there's also, yeah, smaller groups than... Um, like in Afghanistan, I'm sure I think everybody probably just wants to be their own like tribal unit. I don't think anybody really wants to be ruled by anybody, let alone the Taliban. So it definitely gives like, yeah, smaller tribes than um, the ability to, yeah, fend off the Taliban and make it so they have to decide, oh, is us potentially dying worth it to just have another village under our control? Um, but yeah yeah
2: it
1: raises the price of tyranny
0: yep definitely and yeah actually another thing i was thinking about was to the like primers i think there's only like two companies two or three companies that are allowed to make primers in the u.s just because it's uh hazard it's like a toxic material and it's um a firearm and there's just all these regulations so i also feel like particularly for like homemade ammo really reduces the bottleneck because at any point the u.s government can just shut down those those businesses pretty much and we won't have any primers or any ammo um for yeah so i think that's something to be worried about and why decentralization is pretty important same with like bitcoin taking away taking the power away from the fed to just control everything
1: no, I think it's super good to be paranoid about things like that because mm-hmm. I think ultimately, like, the gun control, if they were going to go out and, like, repeal the Second Amendment or, or sorry, amend the Second Amendment um, or, uh, you know, bl- do a blanket ban across the board, that wouldn't go over very well. But they do have the ability, and we've been watching this happen for years, where they go after ammo you know in different ways because if you don't have ammo you're like you alluded to earlier your gun is essentially useless and the fact that there's only two primer companies like we've seen that be a major issue over the the past year and a half
0: yep exactly yeah i mean just in any um i mean even with like semiconductors like the shortage that we've been having recently with um every semiconductor basically like it's just not a good idea to have only a couple companies that can make something it's decentralized is pretty much the only way to avoid catastrophic supply shortages um when shit goes south like the pandemic and yeah just in general it seems like a terrible idea to me at least
1: And that's that's something that's so cool about the 3d gun printing community too is it's all around free and open Mm source,
0: yeah and just being easy to set up like the people in miramar were able to set up a factory making the fgc9 barrels um i can't imagine that was somebody who had ever run a factory before i'm sure it was just somebody somebody who saw the need and set up a factory like in their garage and completely completely possible to do and i was even thinking like my ammo um I could probably, as long as I get like a CNC um, mold for it, I can probably just start casting bullets and selling them out of my bedroom, essentially, Uh, because all you need to melt lead is a blowtorch. So um, I think, uh, yeah, making, that's actually one of the things I'm working on is trying to make everything just a lot easier to make. So we can, it might not be the best, but I, think it's really important for people to just be able to start start manufacturing pretty much anywhere um, for yeah that exact reason
1: yeah it's absolutely fantastic that's that one of the reasons why I'm like Atlas Arms is one of my favorite companies out there is because mm-hmm. of the stance that you guys have taken around ammunition one of the few few people or groups out there doing anything about
0: it yeah Yep, exactly, and I mean it's. I feel like it doesn't really uh, impact like the bottom line um, for a company. Like letting people, because like Atlas Arms is releasing all of the data, we're gonna let people make it themselves if they want. Um, We're not trying to just like be an exclusive seller of it. Um, But with that said, a lot of people just don't have time or the want for it, and so like 99% of people are probably just gonna buy it outright. Um, same with my gun, like I'm starting the beta test now, uh, it seems like not a lot of people really want to take the time to build it, but, um, I mean, I could probably sell them. I need to figure out the legal issues with that, um, first, but I'm definitely considering like selling kits and stuff just cause a lot of people don't, don't have the time. So I think that's a really good business model, open source, cause most people are lazy to be or I shouldn't say lazy they just have other stuff to do you know
2: um so yeah yeah
1: stuff you just said makes me think the ATF will come knocking on your door pretty soon <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> yep but I mean honestly there's there's nothing really um like publishing the like the patent uh that's getting worked on for the Dagny Dagger I believe should have all the information people will need to um, remake it. So, they eh, that would be funny to see the ATF bust down the um, patent office's doors for publishing gun files or ammo files. But that would be
1: hilarious. <laughs> Do you have a dog? Uh,
0: my roommate does. I'm a little bit worried about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah honestly part of me kind of just wants to call up the local atf office and just be like hey guys can you can we just like not kill me and like you know if you're gonna raid me just knock on my door and i'll come out and like just have a gentleman's agreement to not kill each other (laughs) i feel like uh it sucks that that is something that might possibly be needed but like I kind of just feel like talent, like, Hey guys, I'm not violent. You don't need to break down my door with an entire like APC. Um, if you do come and get me. Cause I mean, honestly, it is, it's definitely possible. It, I would say probably good 25% chance that at some point, even though I'm not absolutely not doing anything knowably, like I, I don't, I'm not doing anything wrong to the best of my knowledge. And I've, i 99 percent sure a lawyer would agree with me but obviously it's the fucking law and i'm not a lawyer so um i mean there is a chance that if there's like if they find anything they'll probably just use it use it as an excuse to bust down my door so definitely something i'm expecting but i don't got anything illegal so fuck them it'll be kind of fun to be honest yeah Makes as long sense. as i don't go to jail I, i'm kind of banking on uh on um, Matt LaRosier being from Fud Busters, uh Works with FPC, too. Kind of just banking on him being a good enough lawyer to get me out of anything. He's not even technically my lawyer. I'm also kind of banking on me calling him from jail and hoping he has time to help me out. But we'll see how it goes.
1: Make sure to get your roommate's dog a um, bulletproof vest. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's... i I think like the direction we're going in i think we're all kind of weary of that being a possibility
0: Mm -hmm. i think they even they just raided uh larry vickers that like special he was special forces like a green beret he'd worked with forgotten weapons and he's pretty big in the gun community i think they actually just raided him too because his permits lapsed for a couple months because they weren't renewing permits because of the pandemic it was Just a whole clusterfuck, but, like, shit. If they'll raid an ex-Green Beret that, like, has written books and works with, like, the ATF, then, yeah. We're probably all fucked unless the ATF makes a change, but...
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's insane.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that one really bothered me, too. I don't know why, but, like, dude, he's probably the most, like upstanding citizen like he trains law enforcement um so he's definitely like back the blue pro you know sucking all the cops dicks and stuff so sucking cops dicks doesn't get you uh get you anywhere it gets you out of an atf agent busted on your door i don't really know what will yeah
1: yeah i think this is like a major wake-up call for a lot of people in the regard that like the state does not have our best interests in mind. And yeah. They're more of an adversary than a friend or protector.
0: Yeah. Yep. Honestly, I would have thought people would understand that, especially on the left with like the Trump presidency and like the secret agents in like Portland kidnapping people. I don't even really know what the deal is with that, but I mean, f- yeah, they probably have secret agents just straight up kidnapping people. And the left saw that during Trump's presidency and we're like, no, 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 this is so terrible. The same shit's happening now, but it's just like, oh, Biden's got it under control. He's he's a good guy. He totally wouldn't do anything wrong. It's like, no, they're all doing something wrong. And yeah.
1: Yeah, I think part of it is. People really struggle with principles. um, And. What what it comes down to is it takes a lot of courage to go out and defend somebody that you disagree with at the end of the day like you know it it's i like say for example like i, bre- I believe really strongly in the importance of freedom of speech um and it's difficult to go out there and defend groups like the Westboro Baptist Church yeah but it's entirely it's incredibly vital you know, to have that mentality. And what it comes down to at the end of the day is there's a lot of people in our society that are just cowards, you know, and mm-hmm. they have no, no, um, uh, courage or, or principles whatsoever. And it's just weakness. It's,
0: yeah. yeah. Honestly, I feel like, yeah, the the government definitely has the trump card there, which is just pedophilia and child born which every time there's like a, they want to regulate the internet or something, they'll just be like, oh, but there's pedophiles and child porn on there. Are you in favor of child porn? And you can't come out and be like, well, no, I just don't like the government controlling the internet. It's like, if you disagree with them, you're automatically like a pedophile or into child porn. You can't really like defend the freedom um, of the internet without seeming like a terrible person when in reality, you just don't want I mean, yeah, the government says, oh, we're just going to watch, like, monitor everybody's internet to get the pedophiles, but then two years later, it's going to be monitoring the internet to make sure you're not saying bad stuff about the government, and then, you know, it's just going to snowball from there, but it's really, it's really hard to come out and, like, seem, at least seem like you're defending something like pedophilia or child born, even though you're not, you're just defending, like, The security of the internet from government oversight or overreach um but yeah i've always thought that that was kind of interesting that i feel like at any point the government can do something like that with anything um and yeah with enough uh with enough enough psychological um warfare they can probably make like any group seem like a pedophile or child molester or something and I mean, or something similar uh, similarly egregious um, and just make sure nobody can be on their side, which is definitely a dangerous thing
1: yeah i I don't know the 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 government doesn't I don't think they have the trump card anymore after the whole Jeffrey Epstein saga because we all- yeah
0: <laughs> honestly, yeah, yeah, actually, that is a good point after all that it's like now nah, you guys are the real pedophiles, show us your internet history, <laughs> but yeah, I think. That-
1: you know the the problem and actually one of the good things is like it, it's all about like the media uh kind of directing the public discourse around things so like you know very clear example of this is ross ulbricht in the way that he was vilified um and the, the general person you know hears about the silk road and hears about ross and they're like oh that this guy ordered hitmen uh Which is not the case. They couldn't convict him in court. That was just a narrative that the media uh, spread Mm -hmm. and sentenced based off of that, despite not being convicted of that. And uh, the media has fallen apart at the seams and have no credibility anymore. And I think that's a major shift in power dynamics that I think is really good for us right now. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yeah honestly yeah there's way too much power in the media and shaping the narrative just the fact that people were called conspiracy theorists for the past year and a half for saying the virus probably came from a lab whether intentional or not like just saying hey maybe somebody forgot to wash their hands after fucking around with the coronavirus in a lab and then they went out to eat like i yeah you can't even say that without seeming like a conspiracy theorist but now there's you know a lot of credible people are like oh well you know maybe it it did come from a lab and yeah now now kind of things are kind of changing a little bit but it's really annoying that for like a year and a half you couldn't even you were racist against china if you even considered that it came from a lab there it's like no you have to actually have to be pretty smart to like fuck around with a coronavirus i'm not insulting the chinese uh i think that they you know there's one guy who honestly just forgot to wash his hands same thing with the u.s government i'm pretty sure limes i i should say this is a conspiracy theory i think i don't know but apparently Lyme's disease came from like it started like 30 miles basically the government had an island where they were doing um animal testing and like all this crazy shit um and then like twenty miles the closest place inland basically was uh like South Carolina or something, and that's where Lyme's disease started. So everybody's like, Yeah, we I mean we probably did the same shit with that. Um so it happens, but it's kind of yeah, annoying either being called a racist or conspiracy theorist just for uh yeah, considering a possibility something.
1: Yeah. I mean the reality is that the, the race the people calling it a- us racist and conspiracy theorists are the racist and conspiracy theorists like yeah 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 Honestly, I mean, it's very true there's so many stories of that and it's just you know kind of the theme of the conversation going back to the government the state cannot have a monopoly on violence like mm-hmm. when they do it's unchecked power and they can do whatever they want uh such as you know, play around with viruses, and like there's so many cases of this. The Dugway Proving Grounds up in Utah, you know, where thousands of sheep died, where they're testing all sorts of crazy things. Um, them mailing anthrax around, uh, to different people, uh, ac- accidentally.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you just look at the entire Afghanistan war, you know, the stuff that like Snowden, um, put, or maybe that was Iraq, but with the collateral, or yeah
0: i'm not too sure actually probably
2: iraq but but
1: yeah they're they're the
2: maniacs you know and
0: yeah yeah it's insane i mean if just looking at the numbers historically i mean i honestly haven't but like the number of people that governments have killed one way or another through negligence or direct violence um compared to like person-on-person violence like murders um, and gang wars and stuff, I would imagine governments by far kill way more people than any other like infighting, uh, gang fighting overdoses or shooting. I, I don't know why I threw overdoses in there. Um, basically yeah, non, non-natural causes of death but um, yeah I, I definitely don't don't trust the government, uh, to commit violence ethically. That's for sure. My, my neighbor never killed a family of Afghanis, you know, so I probably trust him way more with a machine gun than the U S government. Um, same with a drone. I've, I've never drone bombed a wedding in Afghanistan, um, and killed tens of kids and women and children or whatever. So, honestly, I feel like I should be trusted more with a Predator drone than the U.S. government, considering I have a better track record of not killing innocent civilians. But I don't think they'd see it that way, unfortunately. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it, ultimately, like, the state hates any anything that empowers the individual that makes them more difficult to control. That That's just where the incentives lie. And-
0: yeah, exactly.
1: And so whatever way, you know, we can go about evening those, uh, power dynamics, uh, the better for sure.
2: Yep. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. So kind of what, what's your outlook for, um, 3d gun printing community and, you know, where we're going in the future.
0: I think it's looking really good, honestly. Um, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I think caseless ammo that i'm working on electronic and caseless ammo is hopefully going to be a big part of it because like i mentioned the primers um, only two companies making them Uh, i have no idea how easy it is for other countries to get primers so i think that's gonna um hopefully if other people use my design will really um increase the diversity of guns that we see because with uh, caseless ammo, you don't need an extractor. Um, and then with the electronics uh, ignition, you don't really need a firing pin. You just need two probes that uh, go into the back of the case. Um, so it really simplifies a lot of things. So I'm hoping, um, oh, and the uh, elect- the, ge- the Spark generator only costs about $3 on Amazon. I think it's $16 for a pack of five. Um, so there's it's way cheaper than pretty much anything and um i think once once i get the design out there and other engineers or gun designers start messing with it there's a lot of really cool possibilities uh cuz i think ammo was honestly the big bottleneck um for 3d printed firearms especially in other countries and even the past year and a half two years here in the us um so i think Allowing people to home develop ammo is really important. Um, they, I know Ivan and Jay Stark did work on uh, the, but what about ammo using? It was like um, like nail gun blanks, I think. Um, so they did kind of figure that out, but that also involves a supply chain of people, and it's. I wouldn't be surprised if European governments started banning um, that. But honestly, I mean, my stuff's black powder powered right now. You can make black powder at home, uh, boiling tea, basically. So uh, I don't think there's any way to stop that. Um, So hopefully, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see some really cool stuff in the future. But beyond that, I think a lot of other people are getting really good at incorporating or I should say replacing metal parts with printed parts. I think slowly um people are getting the hang of how to make really strong 3D printed parts. Um so hopefully we'll be seeing like stuff like 3D printed bolts and maybe even 3D printed barrels um in the future although there is a fundamental limit with 3D printed barrels. Um but there's always stuff to you can work around it. Um so i'm I'm very hopeful, honestly, and I think at the current rate the three d printing community is outpacing the gun industry with what people want and like speed and interesting stuff in general, so I'm really excited to see what comes out in the near future,
1: yeah, I would agree with that that's yeah i mean the the traditional legacy gun community I think is failing pretty brutally
0: right now. Mhm. Honestly, I think the best thing that a lot of these gun companies could do right now is hire some of these 3D printed guys who obviously have an interest in guns and a creative mindset. They don't even need to be engineers, honestly. A lot of the people that have had really good ideas aren't engineers. You know, they just have the ideas. Um and I mean, you probably do need somebody that can do the math eventually to make it a viable product, but you really don't need like you don't need to know how to do calculus to make a gun really or anything like that. Um, it's mostly creativity and understanding kind of how a gun works. Um, so I, I honestly we would we would see a lot of really cool stuff if they just hired some of these some of these uh, designers to work for them and just kind of gave them even a small budget of like here's fifty thousand a year, bring me something cool eventually. They, you'd have some insane guns, I bet. But they'd rather just pump out Glock clones and yeah, pretty much just Glock clones and more Glock clones. And Maybe an AR, diff, well, a slightly different AR that shaves like an ounce off and it's the next big thing. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. Gun, gun industry is really annoying to me right now. At some point, I'm going to start shit posting just constantly to their facebook pages once i know for sure that i've i've beaten them i don't want to go too early um saying no nah, no nah, nah, i beat you and then have my shit fail but it's definitely coming
1: yeah it'd be awesome to watch a bunch of people go after the nra
0: yeah I i think they're a big part of it um i think uh Austin's speech at one of the bear arms and bitcoins, uh, was yeah, basically how the NRA is funded by these big gun corporations that have no incentive to change. As long as, you know, these gun companies can still sell their bolt action rifles or their, you know, Glock clones to the public. They couldn't give two shits about gun rights. Um, so that's kind of, I think why the NRA is in, is such a shitty corporation or such a shitty thing is because all their funding is from Sig Sauer and Colt and all that. So they're not, yeah, not for the individual gun owners, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Do you, do you see the 3d gun printing community kind of forcing the legacy firearm, um, uh, orga- organizations into free and open source in the future?
0: Um, I don't think so uh I I mean it would be awesome it would be really awesome to see but I doubt it I'm hoping I think the best we could maybe hope for is a little bit more creativity and new stuff from the gun companies hopefully at the very least like if somebody from uh like Sig Sauer is looking at my projects or something and saying oh caseless ammo is possible maybe we should check this out. Um, I think that might be the best that we can hope for is just them seeing something cool in the 3D printed community and trying to copy it um, a little bit better. Um, But I mean, to be really optimistic, it is possible. They, they, if they see how you can still keep a customer base, still sell stuff while being open source, uh, it is possible. Maybe this next generation of gun designers will uh, start their own companies or whatever, too, and keep that model. I think probably the best best course of action would be all these shitty gun companies just going out of business and being replaced by new um, companies run by like millennials, basically, 20- and 30-year-olds instead of 70-year-old men who can't conceive of anything besides a bolt-action rifle
1: yeah yeah I mean i the business model that you know you talked about atlas arms pursuing where they're open sourcing you guys are gonna be open sourcing things and then uh selling it to people out of convenience I mean I just look at like if these like i mean i I can't imagine how many Glock seventeens have been sold or pieces to Glock seventeen since the uh the lower came out and i I just feel like if they started open sourcing things like that, their sales would be absolutely ridiculous, and they could focus more on just barrels and parts and slides rather than.
0: Yeah, definitely. Even but what's surprising about that is even companies like High Point, where Ivan the Troll made a lot of designs, or no, it wasn't. uh shit! I'm blanking on his name. I wish I could give him I think it might be Freeman. 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 Don't ask. FMDA. I don't know. Uh, but a really talented gun designer has worked on the high point and they made it the low point printed receiver. Um, and that's a really popular build because a lot of the parts kits are like sub a hundred dollars for, um, those high points, but high point is they've, I think control Pew and a couple of people have reached out to high point to try to get them to actually just sell the parts and they completely, I think either ignored them or refused. Um, So it's like, there's this really big business opportunity for them to just crank out slides and barrels and make a shit ton of money, probably a way better markup than their actual guns, because they don't have to pay people to assemble them. Um, And they're still not doing it. So I don't really know what the hang up is. Um, If it's like a ethical issue for them, or if they're just idiots, I, I can't even begin to speculate. But yeah.
1: Yeah, there's there's got to be like some compliance issues potentially because the regulatory environment is just so insane and uncertain.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, probably they just don't want to be associated with like Ghost Guns or the next Saturday Night Special. But high points are already banned in like Minnesota because of their melting point. Um, I think the metal is too the the melting point of the metal is too low. Um, And so they said, for some reason, that makes it an unsafe gun, which it's, yeah, it's totally just to keep it out of poor people's hands, um, because they're cheap guns that everybody was using. They're cheap guns, they're showing up in crimes, and then now it's a criminal weapon, better ban them. It's like, no, if criminals are just going to use the cheapest thing that they can find, then you're just going to keep moving up the ladder of the next cheapest thing until you're trying to ban ten thousand dollar rifles because they're too cheap and a, or too cheap and easy to get but yeah that's something that really annoys me too
1: yeah the high points have always at least in the circles i've watched have always they're walked in are a total meme for shooting. yeah
0: <laughs> yep, yeah but i mean they work they're they're not the greatest guns but apparently they'll shoot i definitely don't own one but i like the concept of of cheap available arms so i'm definitely pro high point sure
1: yeah it's it's shifted my opinion on it as well mm-hmm. that was something that was hilarious like the first time i looked down the i think it was defcad and saw all the um
0: high point stuff yeah. yeah yeah that was an interesting project it's also a perfect name calling it the low point yep
1: <laughs> so what what's got you optimistic on the feature?
0: Um, I'm thinking, I honestly, I'm really enthusiastic with how many people are into 3d printing, especially across the world. I, so like, there's been a couple people, I specified that people had to be in the U S to be in my beta testing channel. Um, and I gotten a few messages in very broken English, like, yes, please. Can I please join your beta, please? I would like to test, please. It's like, all right, that's too many pleases for an American. Uh, sorry, bro. Like I, I'm all for your right to bear arms, but, uh, you're not going to be able to do much meaningful testing for me, um, in a country where you're not really allowed to, you know, this kind of involves going out to a public shooting range and like, you know, testing it and stuff. It's also probably harder for them to get a lot of the materials before I um, really have a good, like, set, this is where you go and get it a lot of it's just go to Home Depot and find some nails. Um, so but that I mean, I feel bad saying no to them. But I am very glad that there are people in other countries taking an interest in it and even wanting to test stuff. Um, but yeah, so that's that's definitely got me hopeful. Um just the amount of people. Uh hopefully I'm I'm hoping the one um good thing to come out of Jay Stark's death is the um publicity around it. I think a lot more people uh have now heard of the FGC nine. Um and so hopefully that grows our community um and empowers other developers maybe to take his place. Um and try to fill in the void of gun designers i think um a lot of people are definitely capable of doing it so um yeah i think honestly just the message getting out uh and yeah is really good um personally i'm optimistic for my projects obviously um, but there's a lot of other stuff in the in the gun community. Unfortunately, I haven't been looking into too much what other people are doing just because I've been focused mostly on my own projects, but there's I've definitely heard of some really cool stuff and a lot of people messaging me saying that they're working on their own like electrical ignition or caseless ammo. Um and they're just kind of wondering what I what I'm using. Um so I'm I'm super happy. To hear about other people doing stuff, even if they're not posting about it on Twitter it just kind of makes me happy that there's people working in silence in their in their basements and garages on this nice yeah what
2: are
1: what are like some good practices as far as like opsec and uh not getting caught by the feds or spooks
0: <laughs> yeah, um, so I definitely don't follow it um but I would say like not posting your face or anything, which I, I kind of stopped giving a shit about, um, just cause I don't know, at some point there's once you're like big enough, I think it's, I stopped using a VPN and then after about a month of not using a VPN, I'm just like, Oh fuck. They got me. They know who I am and where I am. Uh, so I kind of, I slipped up there and I'm like, yeah, whatever, let's go public. Um, mostly because jeff rod uh, jeff rodriguez from the uh liberator 12k project he's been posting his face and full name for a while i'm still keeping my name a little bit secret um i uh, obviously the fbi and atf already knows exactly who i am um but mostly just to keep like uh the mom's demand actions types off my out of my yard um but I would say for other people, especially if you're in a different country, using a VPN and storing it, uh, storing any like 3D printed files, not on a hard drive, but in like a on an SD card or something that you can hide or break. Um, and yeah, not posting your face. Uh, also, one interesting thing that I've come across is uh, like, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, don't post any pictures too of like backgrounds of stuff because people can identify like exactly where you are just by the scenery. Um, In terms of designing stuff, I'm not really too sure. I'm also um, not too sure on the laws uh, about um, like distributing 3D printed files because I know that there was uh, a lot of shit going on like a year or two ago. I feel like it's, well, yeah, actually, honestly, the only reason I'm pretty sure it's legal is that I know people who have their names, like the ATF definitely knows of some people uh, who have posted gun files and they're still walking around and haven't had any issues from the ATF. So I'm assuming it's completely legal to post the files as long as you're a US citizen, Um, but yeah that's that's still one thing i'm not, not too sure
2: on gotcha
1: yeah i know san diego is trying to ban 3d printing guns so. Ooh.
0: yeah that's um yeah i know a couple states are are trying to do that individually
1: i think new jersey might be the only one thus far uh,
0: yeah i uh, yeah i actually wouldn't be surprised if new jersey could arrest me i think Actually, shit, I better keep that in mind, (laughs) not to go to New Jersey, because I wouldn't be surprised if their state, uh, people could prosecute me. But, yeah, good, I don't like New Jersey anyway, good excuse not to go there.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I think the fortunate thing about most of these states that are so anti-freedom, they're states that probably aren't worth going to for the most part.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yep, honestly.
1: There's some nice parts about California, but...
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I do like the, the scenery and stuff in California, but the laws just make it, um, yeah, no point in going there now.
1: Yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting thing where the the individual states will also be problematic, not just
2: the feds. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, well, stoked to chat with you. Hoping to make it up in uh, Flagstaff eventually.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, definitely hit me up. If you're if you're in town, be happy to meet a lot of people or more people in Arizona, because yeah, right now, it's essentially just me and Austin up here hanging out. And uh, yeah, hopefully, I can try to recruit some more engineers in my classes to get into this 3d, 3d gun printing stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely glad to talk to you about it. I love uh, explaining my projects and philosophies on stuff. So
1: Yeah, where where can people follow you and what you're doing?
0: Yeah, uh so mainly on Twitter probably. I'm at SuckBoyTony1 on Twitter and SuckBoyTony2 on Instagram. Let me just double check. I think I got uh got beaten out there. Yeah, Suckboy Tony Two on Instagram. Not sure who got the first name. Um and then um rocket if you uh want to if anybody wants to help me testing um with the plasma musket beta or any of this caseless ammo stuff uh, message me on rocket chat or just message me on twitter we can figure it out but i'm doing the beta on rocket chat um so yeah i would say twitter's probably the best place just to get updated though on what i'm what i'm doing so
1: you'll post when you go to
0: nigeria on there <laughs> yep yep exactly i did say I, I have just enough money for a one-way plane ticket so i think it would be fun to go there and then try to crowdsource from nigerians money to get back i don't know if my gunsmithing uh, skills are up to par enough to make money but fuck it that might be a kind of a fun adventure to post on youtube <laughs> or something
1: but there's a lot of Bitcoin floating around in Nigeria, so
0: Oh shit, yeah. Good point. Maybe, yeah. Maybe just hit up one of those Bitcoin Nigerian millionaires. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, cool. Well thanks for coming on, Tony. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I
1: really enjoyed that conversation with Suckboy Tony. Uh really appreciate the stuff he's doing. And I I think it's huge. I think this movement is big it's progressed incredibly quickly and will continue to despite whether it's legal or not Uh, a lot of these people put themselves on the line in this community you know jay stark just recently got in the crosshairs of the state and uh, ended up dead uh we don't really know the details about it uh, but it's kind of a tragic um situation but ultimately you know these people really believe in what they're doing and uh know are gonna to continue to pursue it and I admired that in a lot of ways. I think freedom is worth dying for and it is something worth pursuing at all costs. And we're just watching progressively as there's a lot of people in positions of power that really hate freedom. And I think they're doing a bad job of implementing uh, you know their end goal. But that being said, there's still a fight in front of us and looking for tools like 3D gun printing, like Bitcoin, using it privately are incredibly important. And I'm pretty stoked. Um, We have the guys from Samurai coming out to do a presentation up at the Phoenix Meetup in November. Uh, Check it out on our Meetup page, the Arizona Bitcoin Network. Uh, But yeah, if that's something that you're interested in, uh, make sure to check it out. Bitcoin privacy is incredibly important, especially right now as we're watching just the insanity of... (laughs) what the government's doing as the money is failing they're going to try and extract as much as they can and the unrealized capital gains i think are just the tip of the iceberg we're going to see all sorts of uh nutty things like a carbon tax um maybe a consumption tax they call it a vat tax uh they're going to try and extract as much as they can from you and they already have with inflation you know people are really getting hit hard and it's time to use tools to protect yourself from what's coming and all the all the crazy stuff as it accelerates going forward in the future yeah thanks for watching this uh conversation or listening and uh have a good one